Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale on Sydney's northern beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Uh, got some wonderful drops on tap, got some wonderful drops in cans, so why not check them out online, get your order in, or visit the brewery. Thanks to Modus for your support. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking round two shoot shot action. So many great games last weekend, and so many good ones coming up in round three. Lots to talk about. I've got a special guest today, really excited to have him on board. Welcome. To shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round two wrap. Joining me on the line is Fox Sports commentator and former Shoot Shield commentator. Andrew Swain. Swainy, thanks for jumping on, mate. Oh, Burjo, it's a pleasure. I've enjoyed Shootcast, so thanks for having me. How have you been, mate? It's been a strange old year for rugby, and obviously uh, in the media space, you're hanging in there? Yeah, mate. It has been a weird, very weird year, actually. Um, during the, the whole lockdown situation, I was actually sent over on secondment to Sky News to do general news. So when sport came back, it was the best thing that has ever happened in the world. It was, um, I'll never <laughs> take sport for granted again. That's for sure. Um, you know, covering off, uh, you know, the, the riots in the States and that sort of stuff was really, was interesting. And I got to use the other side of my brain, but gee, I missed, missed rugby. So I'm so happy it's back. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably got a new, new appreciation for working in sport after that experience, mate. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. It, it was absolutely the most uh, bizarre period of time. And it still is really, isn't it? But at least we're back playing footy, which is the main thing. Yeah, and how's your experience now back with Fox? Obviously, the Super Rugby's taken a, a very different turn. Now the, now the Australian competition, I managed to bump into you up on the hill at Brookie for the uh, Rebels-Reds game. Well, it wasn't the best uh, show, but there's been some been some good games, haven't there? Yeah, fantastic games. Uh, I mean, I the one thing that I have found with this competition and, and the same with the competition that's happening in New Zealand at the, at the moment is that the, the competition seems to mean something to these guys. Like you, you saw after the Waratahs got beaten the other night uh, by the Rebels, you know, Rob Simmons was was filthy. Um, you know, they they genuinely like beating each other. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely been interesting. And I, I was lucky enough to get into the com box the other night for the the Force v Brumbies game, and and that was mm. a that was a ripper as well, but in a different way. You know the. The force have been very plucky. It's good to see them back in the comp. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's a very different looking situation, even from our in terms of our broadcasts as well. Very different. Um, some of them are very are done remotely, which we just have to do at the moment. Uh, but it's yeah, it's uh, look, it's just good that there's there's rugby on our on our boxes at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I couldn't agree more. You've been casting your eye across the ditch too, the standard over over there with the Super Rugby in New Zealand. It's been pretty special, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. They're always close games. They're always high quality. And the, the skill level is just out of this world. And it's probably uh, accentuated by the fact that the, the Aussie competition, you know, it's almost an under-23 competition, isn't it? Like There's so many young yeah. guys running around, not a lot of experienced mm. guys running around. They're there, but they're not they're in the numbers that we're used to. So, um, mm. yeah, it, it, golf in quality is there, but I, I still think that, um, you know, if, if there was a 10-team competition between New Zealand and Australia, it would be worth paying for and worth watching. 
No, I totally agree. Uh, in your sort of um, space, are you getting a feeling? Obviously, there's so much uncertainty at the, at the moment. Um, what is going to happen post-Super in terms of an international scene or is there just no clarity yet? I mean, it doesn't seem like Jacinta's too keen to open up the uh, Tasman Sea, mate. Yeah, that's right. I think the biggest thing will be, um, yeah, the, the Kiwi borders, really. There was chalk initially of having a, a hub based mm. in Australia, uh, but that's now really out of the question given what's happening in Victoria and to a lesser extent here in New South Wales. So uh, the, the, the Kiwi hub is is what's going to happen if, if it happens at all. I think at the very least we'll get a couple of Bledisloes. That, would, that will happen. Uh, whether or not we can get South Africa and Argentina across, uh, that, that remains to be seen. But uh, we are all very hopeful because... The, the more content that there is out there, the, the better it is for everyone. Yeah, I, I firmly believe there's still a, a huge market Australian. The, the Wallabies brand is, is still a, a, a huge brand and uh, we need to see some rugby over here and you'd hope that we do because uh, it's an exciting time with Dave Rennie coming on board and hopefully building up a, a new sort of culture at the Wallabies. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think that uh, – can you imagine if we have to play the Kiwis? There was talk at one point of, of us playing the Kiwis five times this year. <laughs> oh, uh, like, yeah. Could you yeah, imagine beating them twice in a row and then lose, still losing the Bledisloe? Like that would be just absolutely <laughs> gutting, wouldn't it? Having said yeah. that, you're right. The Wallabies brand is it's very strong. They need us as much as we need them. So mm. I think hopefully, you know, ho- I know that there are a lot of discussions happening at a high level around, uh, um, you know, what a competition looks like next year and what, you know, what, what we do going forward. And there's a bit of angst between at the top end, but I, I do think that, you know, hopefully common sense prevails and we all just get on with it. Yeah, I think so, mate. Well, um, we're now sort of focusing now much more on a, on a community sense. There's been a lot more uh, sort of focus on, on what sport's actually happening. And, uh, mate, your beloved Shoot Shield is, is back in full swing. Are you, you're obviously um, not there in an official sense this year, but you're still keeping a real close eye on the competition this year? This year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, I, I have been um, lucky enough to get to – I got to a couple of games so far. I went to um, Gordon Easts in round one. Um, and I was at Manly for the trial the, the week before as well. But uh, I've been doing some stuff this year for SWA Triple Nine, um, the Southwest Radio um, 99.9 this year, which will be good. Uh, and so, and they're also in, in cahoots with Clutch as well. So, um, yeah, I, I will be involved in that sense, which, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, I, I do love calling rugby. It's my it's my passion, and so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting out to a few games. I'm going to be out at Nepean this weekend, um, mate. For... Is the Emu Burger back? Is yeah, the Emu Burger back? I bloody hope it is. I'm not driving all that way for nothing, <laughs> mate. Have you had an Emu Burger? Oh, I I have years ago. I haven't had one in in more recent times. Not that they have been around. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mate, they're pretty special. They're usually all gone by second grade because uh, the lower graders just just go nuts. Um, mate, they got like this French crock pot, and uh, mate, they just they're just slow cooking, stewing all night. It's, it's not actually emu, I don't think. It's it's a it's a rissole just absolutely covered in gravy, and it's it's pretty special, mate. It's oh. one of the uh, it's one of the top picks on the. Uh, on the shoot shield delicacy list, I got the Parramatta curried sausage right up there too. 
Oh wow! Okay, that that sounds yeah. good. I, I do love um, sampling the the fair around all the grounds. It's probably the the highlight for me, actually. To be honest, the rugby is a sideshow. It's plentiful. It's plentiful, mate. You you've sort of um, been in and out of the shoot shield uh, pre this year, um, back in the Super Rugby space, and and obviously doing things at Fox Sports. But you've thoroughly enjoyed your time covering the the, the club club scene in Sydney. It's probably been the time of my life, mate. Honestly, it's 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 what I what I do love about rugby. Everything that I love about rugby is encaptured in club rugby, and you know, more recently the Shoot Shield. For my experience, uh, you know, I played subbies back in the day um, in Sydney as well, and that was just the best time. Uh, played club rugby in Brisbane, and and all my yeah. all my love is at that level of rugby. Um, and then, and you know, I, I love from there. I love the Queensland Reds because I'm a Queenslander, and then I love the Wallabies. But um, you know, club rugby is where it's at. And and my involvement the last five years uh, with the seven two coverage um, through club rugby TV with John Murray and Nick Fordham. Look, I couldn't thank them enough for including me. Um, you know, I made some lifelong friends. I've uh, had had some great times at some at some grounds. Um, you know, those early days of the broadcast were <laughs> fairly ropey to say the least. But I think yep. that we built it up to a product that you know was was valuable again in a, in a broadcast sense. Um, the Shoot Shield's always been valuable to a lot of people, and it's always been a great game. But I feel like that we took it to a place where. You know, it, it was fun to watch again on TV, and uh, and I hope that that continues now because, uh, and I and I, I'm sure that it will. Yeah, look, they've um, certainly hit the ground running uh, thus far this year, and and I agree with you, mate. The the, the coverage from CRTV the past few years has been great. Um, so uh, yeah, long may it continue. So, mate, let's jump into a few of these results from round two. Um, the TV game out at. Uh, Wallara, uh, the Beasties running away with that one, 36 down in West Harbour, 10. Did you uh, have a look at the broadcast on that one? Yeah, yeah. So I, I caught that one and, and look, it was uh, probably what you'd expect um, from the Beasties side. I thought they were really flat the week before against Gordon. They didn't mm. really hit the ground running at all and I was at that game and, and Gordon are an impressive team, but I just watching Easts didn't think that they had much of a, a game plan Um you know they didn't. They didn't. Certainly didn't show it that day uh, against Gordon. And uh, this this time around, they were they were certainly a lot more polished. Um, you know, good performances from um, you know Nick Holton, who is a former uh, Manly boy, as you would know. Um, yep. and, and I thought that um, Charlie Smith in the seven jersey as well. He's definitely one to watch. He's been he was um, good the week before in a losing team, but certainly very good this week. Charlie Smith really stood out to me too. He, he seems to have the whole package, doesn't he? He's quick. He's got good skills. He's he's hard on the ball. But yeah, he really caught the eye. And um, I had a, a chat with uh, Sham Shaw as we were playing a moment. But uh, they got big raps on this kid. He's he's only young and um, seemingly seemingly very good. But they also they've got a really good backline. It looked like in that second half they might have put some of those problems uh, from the Gordon game behind. They really started to click and get moving up the pitch. I thought that Jackson Hope's a, a really good player and uh, Richie Wolf from Norse has uh, been a big pickup, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jackson Hope is a, is a really great, a talented young fella coming down from Canberra. They've got a bit of a Canberra connection, Beasties. Yeah, this year. Um, they do. 
Yeah, which I, I spoke to Paulie Tomopia last week about, and, and it's kind of just evolved over the years when they got Connell McInerney down from um, from Canberra to come and play at Beasts a couple of years ago. Uh, and then he has sort of since uh, spoken to his mates up in Canberra and said, well, why don't you go down and play at Easts? And, and it's just evolved over the years. So it's, it's a good little connection to have because there's some talented players um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I look, I really enjoyed watching their backline. Um, click Richie Wolf, good pick up for them. Uh, he scored a try the week before with a off a cross kick. He's he's about six foot three, Richie Wolf. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a good vertical leap. And um, if they don't use the cross kick a lot this year, to him they're mad because he can certainly score tries. Scored a try on the weekend himself. Um, yeah, I, I think they're a uh, they're certainly going to evolve. Eastern suburbs. I hope, I hope that they can sort of capitalise on the talent that they've got there because they've certainly got a talented squad. Yeah, they do, and they're pretty chuffed after that win on the weekend. I had a chat with Sam Shires, their bullocking number eight. This is what he had to say about the weekend. Uh, Sam, mate, good to be back in the winner's circle on the weekend after obviously disappointing round one loss, but it uh, looks like things were starting to click into shape on Saturday against um, West Harbour. It was a good result for us. We were happy with the victory and we obviously addressed a few things we um, that didn't go quite right against Gordon the week before. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all pretty pleased we've got that win. But, again, it's still early doors. It's only round two. Yeah, it is only round two. And it's obviously hard to uh, get straight into things with obviously such a short build-up um, into the season. But it looked like, uh, you know, the forwards laid a pretty good foundation. It's pretty clear that you've got some, some very talented backs. So uh, I thought the scrum performed Quite well. Pretty happy with things up front. Yeah, well, being a forward, I'm always going to be biased and say that the uh, forwards are sort of the heartbeat at the side and if things don't go right at the set piece or <laughs> you don't bring the right attitude, then it becomes a long day at the office. So still, as I say, it's only round two. But, yeah, it was really pleasing. We've got some really good younger forwards coming through who have been given their chance. Um, got a young prop and a young hook, a young second row who have sort of come through after this COVID break and um, they're putting their hand up every week. So, Easy to play alongside them. Yeah, mate, you had a typical uh, display for becoming accustomed to, to your sort of performance all action. You certainly involved yourself, but I thought your uh, I thought your offsider went well. Uh, Charlie Smith at number seven. He's a, he's a good young player, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. He came back this year. He's had a couple of um, years out of the game. Actually, it's his first season in uh, in grade, so um, he's still sort of finding his feet. He says it, he'll say it himself, but he's sort of. He's taken to it like a duck to water. He's been fantastic over the last two weeks, and I think he's going to really improve as the season goes on. Yeah, like I said, you, you've got some very talented backs there that Jordan Jackson Hope, and um, I think Richie Wolf's been a really good acquisition to the side, and he sort of showed his class on the weekend as well. Yes, it's a good balance, actually. I mean, we're fortunate enough to get Jordan after the Super Rugby season got um, curtailed early, and then mm-hmm. picking up Wolfie as well as another experienced head. So, I mean, again, there's all new combinations coming through in the back line, but, you know, it's part and parcel every season. And this year, I mean, we're sort of going on the fly a little bit with it being a shortened season. So combinations are still developing every week, but it's promising. Yeah, and on a personal level, mate, you had a a pretty significant injury last year, so it uh, must be relieving to uh, be getting through the the footy again. Oh, you know, I think towards the end of last year when I got injured, it was starting to become a little bit of a... uh, a, a dodgy season for me. I'd had little niggles here and there and mm. um, actually sort of seven, eight months out of the game, sort of coming back from injuries helped me found the passion for it again and 
Um, I think what this uh, recent COVID um, time has taught us, or taught me at least, is that you can't take anything for granted. So um, being able to come back and play rugby is, uh, yeah, a big part of my life. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased to be back out there running around. The test don't get much bigger again for you guys this weekend. You're heading up to, to Rat Park um, to take on the Rats who are coming off unfamiliar territory probably for them over the past couple of years. They're coming off a couple of losses. So it's uh, it's not going to be an easy one on Saturday and I'm sure that physicality is going to be quite prominent again, you'd think. Oh, it's not going to be easy at all. I know <laughs> I know. <laughs> firsthand from going to Rat Park that every time you play there, it's a, um, it's a big challenge and they're going to be hurting off two, albeit narrow losses, so... There's clearly not too much going wrong there. They've been very uh, tight losses, but, you know, they're going to be coming out firing, especially when they're back home. So we can't afford to be complacent. So that's definitely something we're going to address this week and look how we can uh, how we can move forward and get our second victory. Mate, um, I've got to ask, what's it like playing on the artificial pitch? Are you a fan or you, or you prefer your, your stock standard grass? Well, if I only had to play on it once a week, I'd be fine, but my knees and ankles hurt quite a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is it? I haven't That's played out there, mate, on the new Aston Turf. It's a bit, bit, way a bit firmer, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly a bit firmer. I mean, the one thing that I noticed the whole time being a forward is that the scrums are far more even. Mm. Um, that's definitely there. And, you know, the bounce of the ball's even. So that plays into the kicker's hands. They, they know where they can place the ball. And everyone, all the kickers who are playing are so talented. You know, it's, it makes it a much more of a uh, tactical affair when that's the case. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a fast brand of rugby shoot shield, and I guess on a hard artificial surface, it um, sort of accentuates that. I had to ask him a question about that artificial pitch, mate. What do you reckon, Swaney? Would you go go okay in the Astro turf? Oh, mate, I you know I, I was I was much better because I'm, I'm I'm a lumbering type of lock. Uh, I was much better in the uh, in the in the slop. Um, you know, long legs, long levers. Um, I, I was probably a heavy eight type of a player. Um, <laughs> so the AstroTurf probably would have done my knees, I reckon. Um, yeah. I like the sting out of the ground. I was a mutter. So. <laughs> mate, mate, I'm with you. That stuff petrifies me. It just looks all too hard. But uh, anyway, works for East. So it's an all-purpose facility, and it does look very professional. So good luck to them, mate. Um, West Harbour's probably a little bit disappointed with their start to the comp this year. I think there was a little bit of anticipation around the squad that they, they'd built. But um, – uh, 0 from 2 um, and a couple of, week, couple of disappointing weeks, but they are going into the Woodies this week. They'll be looking to turn that one around. Yeah, that's one that they love too, isn't it? That that they do. sort of local derby against the Woodies. Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely look to turn that around. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got Coward there at, at 10, who mm. he's a talented sevens player, and, and it's great to see these sevens players coming into – uh, into the shoot shield from from the national sevens program, they've probably just taken a little while to adapt, um, and I think that's yeah. probably the case here. You know, you had Rod Davies who went off with a, a blue card; he probably won't take part this week because um, of that concussion, which is a, probably a big loss for them. Uh, yeah, look, I, I um, I'm with you. I think that they're they've got a decent. The decent bones of a squad, they probably would be disappointed with their start, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to see how West start to evolve. But, um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll definitely be licking their lips at East with this week. I think there's been a perception that uh, West Harbour's been a bit of a production line for Eastwood talent. I think the Woodies have taken quite a few prominent West Harbour players in the past, so they'll be very much keen to get one up on them this weekend. Mate, I was out at uh, Camperdown on 
Saturday for the Marlins University game. Um, it was my first live experience this year. It was absolutely glorious. I think it had about four schooners by kickoff. And, um, <laughs> very good. Mate, so I was a little bit boisterous in the crowd uh, in a very tight, torrid affair, mate. Um, there really wasn't a lot to uh, write about. Uh, it was only the one try to early uni in the, uh, to uni in the game, and it was just an absolute arm wrestle. But I think Manly will take a fair bit of um, fair bit away from that. They really went toe to toe with the uni pack, and uh, luckily came away with a pretty important bonus point, which is probably going to be very important this year. You'd think. Oh yeah, it, bonus points will be at a premium this year, given the short season, and you know. I, just had a, a couple of messages um, exchanged with with Matt McGoldrick, the coach of Manly, and he just said that it was errors really that that um, stuffed them. Um, but they're a bunch of scrappers, this Manly team. They're, they're street fighters. They'll get in there. They'll they'll uh, they'll go the eighty minutes. They'll brawl um, and they'll they'll fight to the death. So yeah, I think you know there's probably not too many teams that have kept Sydney Uni to 10 points on uh, the camp on Sydney Uni rugby field uh, over the years it's it's a pretty good effort from them so yeah a point coming away from uni with a point I think it's a great result yeah they'll definitely be happy there was probably times and manly's attack wasn't wasn't quite there so there were sort of opportunities but um, yeah credit to uni that they did win but um, I did have a chat also with that man Matt McGoldrick and this is what he had to say about Saturday. Oh, look, on rewatch, Burge, um, really tough game, really physical. Uh, both teams defensively were, were really good. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from us, though, was just lack of, a um, bit of lack of execution. We created a fair bit of a fair bit of opportunity and just weren't quite, quite sharp enough to finish it, mate. So um, pretty happy, but um, lots to work on. Yeah, up front, the boys looked like they competed pretty well. You must be happy with the way that the pack's trending already. Yeah, I, I said to the guys last night, I feel like um, Connor Davidson probably had his best game for the club. I feel like um, Van Stewart and Alex Dalzell probably had their best games in first grade. So we've got a, we've got a, a good size pack. They're really hard workers. They're mobile. Um, yeah, no, going, going really well. I, I found out yesterday that Uni were on a, uh, on a, uh, a yellow card warning for scrum time, which is uh, something new for us. <laughs> well, are you saying uh, that the attack might need a bit of work? But you've had some uh, unfortunate change. Uh, you've gone through the uh, hoops already as a, as a, as a new, newish sort of a coach in the first grade. Then you, you lost Sammy Lane first week. You lost Jimmy Omson before the first game. And then BJ Hartman succumbed to a hammy injury. So there has been a little bit of uh, disturbance there, hasn't there? Yeah, there has, but no excuse from us. We, we, um, you know, we, we need to be better. Um... You know, we, we create chances, just our general skills at the moment are just sort of just letting us down. So um, Jimmy was unbelievable on Saturday, as always. He's, he's such a good field kicker, or, um, good organiser. Like, you know, just some continuity there this week would be nice. So touch wood before training tonight that everything goes all right. Omson's come into the captaincy, which might seem as a bit of a surprise to people outside of the club. Will you tell us a little bit about uh, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, so Jim's been with us for about three years now. He's a champion bloke. He's tough as he, he's a really good, good guy and really well respected around our group. And um, I've sort of always had this thought about Jim that you know you, your team becomes your captain and their captain's personality. And and Jimmy is ultra competitive. He's really well respected and he and he's really well liked within our group. So that's sort of why we went with him. And and he's sort of at twenty five years old. He's coming into a good a good time in his life around his football like he's probably maturing there 
you know, and I just think for the moment for us, he's the best man to take us forward. The, uh, back to the game on the weekend, the boys uh, snuck away with a bonus point. That's, that's obviously a big result from Uni. We must be pleased given how much pressure they were in the last 10 minutes uh, defending their line. Yeah, the last stand birds was really good. We, um, we, uh, we held on to a, a driving mall, which we drove back, and then we, we turned their scrum around on, on our five, um, showed a ton of desire and a ton of character. Um, you know, if, if you look back the last couple of years, and I've, I was... I was involved in first grade in these years, so it's it's not like I'm absolving blame. But you know, we, we've conceded a minimum of forty points out there the last two years. Every time we've been there, so you know, we we showed a lot of fight, we showed a lot of ticker, we we defended well, but ultimately to beat the good teams, you got to have a little bit more than that. So and uh, Northern Suburbs this week at home, looking forward to getting back to the uh, Village Green. Yeah, some nice weather, um, I believe, and. Uh, be a, an okay side sized COVID crowd. Um, our guys are keen to keen to sort of atone some of their, their errors from Saturday. So yeah, no, we're, we're um, looking forward to that. Norster are always a really good side, well organised. They'll be well coached. Um, be a good game. Be good. Be a good test for us. Now I can promise you, Swaney, I didn't uh, catch up with Ma- with Maddie at the Stain. We uh, went up to his office. And, uh... <laughs> Was there a couple of schooners? No schooners, mate. Two piccolos, in fact. Oh, very good. Very good. Lovely. Mate, very cultured and manly. You know, it's a, it's a cafe culture, a bit like the Eastern Suburbs. It's, it's, it's finding its way. But, um, mate, the Marlins will take on Norse this week at uh, the Village Green, so we're expecting, uh, expecting a, a good crowd for that. And uh, University uh, taking on Hunter, so that, they'll be pretty keen. But just a quick comment on Uni. Um, you know, obviously, back-to-back champions are going for the three-peat. Um, my observations on the weekend is that they've sort of uh, got a new wave coming through. Um, might I, I, They're still very, very good. They might be a little bit vulnerable to some of the top teams, but, uh, you know, that, that monster will get going again after Super Rugby, you'd think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you've got names through that team, like Decrepney, O'Regan, um, you know, James Kane's been there for a couple of seasons now. You've got the experience of Clooney's Ross in the back line. You know, Clements at fullback. They're, they're all guys who, and, and McDonald as well in, uh, in in the inside centre jersey as well. They're all guys who have experience at the shoot shield level. They've won titles. Um, you know, that's that's quality across the across the park. So, I think mm. that they they'll have to be up there at the business end. Mate, we'll move over to uh, Bon Andrews of North Sydney's North Sydney Able's got a bit of a shutout. Um, so the uh, Shawman took on Penrith in their first game of the year uh, out the back and Norse uh, pushed away to a 53-3 to win, quite convincing. Uh, but it was close, I think, in that first half. I think they were only up 8-3. So uh, kudos to Penrith for hanging in, hey? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I'm heading out to Nepean this week, which you know we've spoken about looking forward to um, going out there. But there's a couple of players to watch. I, I had a chat to Harry Bury, who played for Norse, on the weekend, and had a pretty good game himself. Um, I, mm. I did manage to to catch a couple of highlights of that, and uh, he he was saying that their outside centre um, Nandurutalo is uh, one to watch, and also their number eight um, Tuivati. So there's a couple of guys there. He basically said that um, you know they they carry hard, they hit hard, um, and Norths really just ran over the top of them at the end um, through fitness rather than anything. It was – they probably lacked a little bit of detail, he said, but uh, they mm. don't lay down. So, yeah, 
I do hope that Penrith can pick up a, a win this year at some point. Yeah, I think we all do. And uh, John Muggle ought to be looking to uh, take a few lessons away from that. Maybe it is as simple as sort of the fitness aspect to it, because as you say, it was, it was pretty tight. Um, it's hard to read much in the North just yet. They had West Harbour in the first game and had a good win, but there was a red card sort of around the 30-minute mark and now into Penrith. So still sort of, um, you know, hard to see whether they'll, they'll probably get a pretty good test against Manly this week, but they are sitting on top of the comp. Um, the Norse boys. Yeah, a couple, a couple of good wins. Uh, you know, a fairly, fairly decent start for them. Fairly, a fairly soft start, you'd have to say, um, with West Harbour and then Penrith. Um, they'll, this will definitely test them this weekend uh, against Man the TV game, which will be good. Uh, mm. It'll be on 7-2. So yeah, that's and down at the Village Green too. That's you know, Manly are hard to beat there for sure. Yeah, Manly's very keen for this weekend and uh, very excited to be hosting the broadcast. It's, it's a bit of a bit of a blessing and a burden at the moment, though. You get a, you get, obviously, the, the cameras are putting a lot of attention on the spectators, so we've got to make sure our spacing's organised. So I know the committee's running around like lunatics this week, but it's, uh, Berger, it's, I was it's there a challenge. The, <laughs> I was there at the trial against Souths a couple of weeks ago and Sean Richardson was running around tearing his hair out. The blokes, oh, no. you know, he, he has... He probably couldn't have really afford to lose uh, too many more hairs in, in terms of – well, he had lots of grey hair, put it that way. He was telling everyone to sit down uh, who had a drink, but, you know, it was a good little – I'm sure it was a good little hit out for him. Uh, mate, yeah, he'll be, he'll be bald this week, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'm planning on taking my four-year-old. How do you make a four-year-old sit for two grades of footy? It's That's, just impossible. Yeah, mate, you oh, – look, maybe an iPad – Oh yeah, but you want to, I don't know. You want to go down there and kick the footy, don't you? But it's 100%. I don't know. Be, be, then you got to what you dump them on your wife. You know how popular that decision goes, swaying on a Saturday. Oh yeah, that's that's probably not an option, mate. So yeah, <laughs> you've got you've got a couple of days to work it out. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. I'll um I'll put in some put in some serious groundwork, mate. Um, well, I think this was probably the um match of the rounds, uh, maybe a bit of a watershed moment for an underachieving first grade side for a few years. Ramwick has pipped the rats at home 13-8. to eight. You you caught nine on this one. Talk me through it. Oh, incredible game of rugby, actually. I, I watched it uh, on, on Clutch TV. The the call with Julian Dore and, and Tom Coolican was was fantastic, but um, it was, a, it was a, a tight affair. Basically, the story of the game was that um, Lockie Miller, the Randwick fullback, was red carded with about half an hour to go, and Randwick had to defend mm. basically with fourteen men, and they just they were basically most of the most of the that last half an hour was spent in Randwick's twenty-two, uh, uh-huh. but Rats just couldn't couldn't get it over the line. There was at one point Harley Atwater dropped the ball over the line, uh, yeah. and then and then. The um the the best moment for me was uh, Dora the replacement. So Horwitz went off pretty early with a concussion. Uh, it doesn't look like he'll be back this year. And they also lost Henry Hutchison as well with a with a, what looks like a pretty serious hamstring injury. So mm-hmm. um, you know they were they were really on the back foot early in that game anyway. Uh, and Dora the replacement after playing a full game of reserve grade came on um, and. He had the winning, or basically the the penalty goal that put them out to a five point lead. Uh, but the story of that was that 
he was waiting for his kicking tee to come from the sideline and they kept bringing the wrong tee out. And he went, you know, stuff it. I'm just going to put it on the deck. He kicked it off the grass like like Outstanding. And no, uh, and slotted it from about 40 out. Like it wasn't an easy kick. It was, uh, it was in really? front, but it was, yeah, and, and kicked it off the ground and slotted it. Um, that's, that's outstanding. It was one of the best things I've seen. It was, it's you can catch the full replay on Clutch. Uh, I'd, I'd suggest scrolling ahead to that moment and having a look because it's pretty funny. He basically waves the trainer away to say, "That's not my kicking tee." And then well, the clock's uh, ticking, right? Minute, minute clock, on the clock. Clock's ticking. Um, ref says to him, and, and you actually, he actually. Waves away. One of his teammates says, "Nah, mate, wait, wait for it." He goes, "Nah," puts it on the deck and slots it. It was unbelievable. Did he? Did he dig the heel in like you do? When yeah, you're yeah. You can see him when he when he realizes that things aren't going. Things are going a bit pear shaped with the with Drop the, the heel. He's digging the heel in, and then he just and then he just sits the ball up and goes, "Ah, oh, bugger it," and just rolls in and slots it. It was unbelievable. Mate, that's unbelievable. That's that's all time. Yeah, and that pushed them out, mate. That was the winning margin in the end, and the Raddies yeah. just just couldn't get there. But I saw some of the highlights of the Ramick's defence. They got some very good uh, young uh, forwards coming through. Young Poitavans catching the eye a bit too. Yeah, um, oh, he was he was he put on one particular shot, uh, got off the line quickly, just caught mm. rats behind the advantage line, and that was a, that was a big telling moment. Um, you know, uh, Tom Nolan as well. Uh, in the second row, uh, he was he was really effective in the back end of that game in particular. And Dave Veyer, the, the experience of, of him in the hooker, uh, yeah. That, I mean, those three guys in particular, Den Hote as well, the the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've pretty much gone through the whole pack here, but like they they were all so effective in that last twenty minutes when they were down to fourteen men. You saw them just working tirelessly. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, they are building a bit of a nucleus, and now they've maybe got at their disposal a few of these sevens guys, although it seemed like um, a bit of a costly weekend with a few injuries, hey? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, with, with Hutchison doing his hammy, and then, um, you know, I, I don't know what the situation is with Lockie Miller. It's a straight red. He probably has to go to a hearing. Is that right, Berger? Yeah, it looked like a red to me, mate. What did yeah. you think? It was, yeah, it was yeah, hard. it was... It was it's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it was moving very quickly, but it was uh, fairly vertical, you would say. Um, Absolutely. Yes, mate. I don't know how the judiciary is doing hearings. Uh, they must. I, I would. I would uh, presume they're taking advantage of a, a Zoom judiciary. I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that'd be nothing better. You just have a little six pack there to the side. So if you're off, you start <laughs> start ripping in. Exactly. Might not be in one of those things. And can I say they're absolutely petrifying? You oh, get a couple of those couple of those old Sydney judges, you know, classic old boys network in rugby. And, um, mate, I got torn to shreds. I was representing uh, one of the fourth graders and, mate, we were hoping for a downgrade from from eight weeks to two, and I think they gave him 13. My defence was that bad. <laughs> oh, not your legal counsel, of course, surely not. <laughs> no, mate, they, our, our normal counsel, which is Graham Hodge, uh, Reese's dad, uh, was unavailable, so they, I just came off the bench and uh, never to return, they've marked me. <laughs> Uh, well, I think you know Lockie Miller will probably need a a good legal counsel on this one because to get him off because uh, it was it was fairly um, it was it was, it was fairly on Woolett, wasn't it the ringer ringer winger Woolett maybe yeah Woolett yeah that's right he, and he's a he's a gangly type of a guy too so probably 
you know, the, his legs are about, you know, six foot long just on their own. He, they probably made it look worse with his legs flying around in the air. Um, mm. But, um, yeah, it wasn't didn't look good, and, and obviously it was a straight red, so... Uh, yeah, and well, one of the guys, I'll just, I'll just add. One of the guys that caught my eye in that game also was the the nine, Tyzak Jordan. Um, thought he had a really good game, uh, you know, in, in a pretty low scoring affair, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then in the back end of the game, um, Maurice Longbottom came on as well and and, uh, and did a job for them. So at, at nine as well. So yeah, look, I, I actually, there's a lot to like about this Randwick team, and you know, I think Benny McCormack's a good coach, and I'm sure that. He'll get the best of them. Yeah, I think so. And you got to think, uh, you know, they're building that nucleus at home, but uh, in Super Rugby, they've still got a massive contingent at the Tars that may not quite yet be in the Wallaby setup. So uh, they yeah. could get another. Uh, they could get a UNIS style influx towards the end of the year. And one of the one of the things that they do have at their disposal also is a great rugby brain in Morgan Turanui. Um, yep. And if you go back and look at that that clash uh, on Clutch TV, you'll see him in the background screaming his head off. It's one of the funniest things I've seen. Um, he's, he's very prominent in that in that last 20 minutes in, in the background, um, pointing his umbrella at referees and and yelling his head off in his denim shorts. So, uh, yeah, worth, worth a watch for, for that as well. Mate, I'll check that out. And a big shout-out to the, uh, I think, Turanui and McCormack and the committee members down there, maybe a couple of players, were out putting sandbags out this morning at Coogee Surf Club with a big swell picking up. So good on them for uh, helping at the local surf club. I saw that. And, and you know what, that's what's good about this competition also, the fact that all these teams engage in their local community. I, I think that's the best part about it, to be honest. Mate, well, uh, great start for the Wicks to this year. We'll move on uh, to the next game, uh, which was up in the Hunter. Hunter 11, Woods 46. Hearing um, Hunter uh, really really got stuck in and, and, yeah, made a bit of a day of it. Yeah, that's right. I think it'll be a pretty tough road trip for teams to go up to um, Newcastle there. The, the oval that they play at is is superb as well. If you've never been there, I, I did a um, Wallaroos game there last year and it's a, a fantastic facility. So if you get a chance to do the road trip, go up because it's, uh, yeah, I love Newey. It's such a good part of, part of the world. Yeah, I, think I think the Wildfire are going to be a, a decent team. You know, the, the Coleman factor is there as well. Uh, Bubba mm. Coleman, the brother of yeah. Aaron, and uh, yeah, I think um, you know it, it sounds like he's never been beaten in a um, in a fight with Darren. So uh, that's 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 I've the chat this. anyway. How many rums uh, do you need to enter the enter the octagon in the Coleman? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think it'd be too many, to be honest. Do you reckon? <laughs> have you have you ever met a Bubba? I've never met a Bubba. No, I actually can't say I have. It's normally a, a character in a movie for me. Yeah, or that golfer who's a bit of a strange cat. Oh, but yeah. I hear, I hear, I hear Bubba's one of one of the good blokes, mate. So I'm looking for. He's coming to Manly next week, so I'll make sure I introduce myself. But um, Benny Batcher uh, echoed the comments of uh, what was reported and saying that he thinks uh, they might jag a win this year and uh, look out that they could really improve. And as you say, Newcastle is such a great area. Um, a lot of uh, expats from Sydney and especially in the club scene. So uh, they'd be keen to see their, their, their local team uh, going well in the shoot shield. 
Yeah, absolutely. The Hunter, representing the Hunter region as well, which has got such a great, proud rugby history. So mm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're in for this year. It's a, it's a nice little inclusion in a in a time when of such uncertainty. You know. Yeah, I think it. I think it sits right. And Darren, Darren made some nice comments about Newcastle in it last time. The first year or two, it had that real buzz factor, but then it just became a little bit too competitive. So, look, whether it goes down that path or not, it doesn't really matter. But um, they got a raging club scene up there, so good to see rugby so healthy up in the Newcastle Hunter region, mate. Last game of the round, we'll touch on. And for me, even though it's early, uh, looking like the most impressive side thus far is Gordon taking out the win at Chatswood against Parramatta 64-zip. Uh, sorry, not Parramatta, mate, Western Sydney. I've got to get that right. Yeah. But 64-zip uh, against Western Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw Gordon play last week against Eastern Suburbs, as I said earlier, and I just thought the the variety that Gordon um, had in their, their attack in their, in their game plan was probably the difference in the end. They they just knew when to when to keep it tight, when to swing it to their dynamic backline, which they really do have a dynamic backline, uh, and when to you know when to box kick, when to when to put it high, when to just play territory. They just had a really uh, solid understanding of what they're trying to do, and yeah. you know when you've got the class of Rodney Iona at, at fly half leading you around, you know Goddard at nine, those two really orchestrated it. And then you've got guys like Tarsi in you know, in the back line, uh, Talatasi Tarsi, who was at the Sunwolves earlier this year, Brandon Quinn, who's a, uh, a, a sevens player. Um, you know, they've they got a young bloke named Lucas Price. I'm not sure if he played on the weekend, actually, but uh, in their back line, who's a very exciting-looking prospect come across from league. Uh, yeah, mate, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and then actually their, their best player from last week and, and from what I'm told was pretty decent this week as well was Mahe Vailano, their hooker, who's mm. come down from the Rats, followed DC down there. Uh, yeah, they, they are the complete package for me at the moment and probably the team to beat. I think so, mate. They, they looked incredibly powerful. I'd echo all the things that you'd said there. Goddard has really impressed me at nine. Uh, Obviously, they lost uh, Jacob Abel last year. Was probably one of the better nines in the comp too. But Goddard just looks really, really slick. And you're right, Iono just manages the game very well at this level. Um, they've got a great coach. They've got a great backs coach. They got a great scrum coach. Um, it's it's hard to find a weakness at the moment. And uh, I don't know. I mean, they um, they just seem to have talent everywhere and talent on the bench. Like Robbie Abel came into the game. Um, yeah. On, on Saturday, so look out. I mean, they've got some TARS players still too, I assume, coming back in. Yeah, I don't I know, mean, maybe maybe there's some points. I don't know if they can get them all on the field, but, yeah. um, you you know, with injury and thing, they've they just got a great squad. So, uh, yeah, look out for the, for the Stags in 2020. I, I just think they just, um, they're going for it, aren't they? Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Burjo. And, and one of the one of the core uh, factors in this team also is in their back row, Silk, Luff, and Goddard, who's the captain. Those three guys are, you know, Gordon through and through. They're Gordon Juniors, Gordon Colts, and uh, and they they've been developed by the club, and they're now sitting there in first grade. When you've got a heartbeat like that sitting in your team that can inspire the rest of the guys around you. I think that that's a, a really strong factor as well, along with the coach and the talent that you've got in that team. I think that really speaks um, to, to Gordon's uh, real advantage this year. 
Yeah, I think that'll be the critical part to it, mate. I think uh, those three guys and the leadership of the guys that have been at the club for a long time will be critical because you do have a lot of new guys. Um, so you've got to find that that narrative and that inspiration to to win it. But um, they've just got so much quality. So if that if that message comes through from the leadership group, as you say, you, you know, look out. Um, but, yeah, we'll be keen to see uh, how Gordon uh, get on, although I think they've got the bye this week, so they'll be uh, watching the fixtures with their feet up after a pretty pretty happy two weeks. But just looking at um, this week, there's some really interesting games. Um, the, the one that sticks out, it's got to be Rats and East. There's already a bit of pressure on that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Rats starting their season 0-2, uh, they'd be absolutely filthy and oh, I'd Saw some of the comments that Mike Riven um, said after that loss to Randwick. He was pretty pretty gutted about how they how they let that one slip. Um, so they'll be they'll be really fired up to to get that one up at up at Rat Park in front of the Hillbillies there and um, mm. you know Beasties again. Like it's hard to gauge their season when we saw what they when they came up against a really quality Gordon side. What you know what they what little that they showed there. But then, um, you know, beating West Harbour in the TV game um, in a bit of a canter in the end, uh, yeah, it's it's. I just haven't got a good read on East at the moment. Um, so no. it's going to be it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game to go and watch. I reckon, mate. It'll be a it'll be a real battle. Uh, those rats will be pretty fired up in front of their uh, their home crowd. So uh, yeah, I'll be uh, looking forward to watching the replay on that one. And, and Woody's West, as we touched on, is a Bit of a derby in itself. Uh, the Shawman Manly match the round. So, yeah, more more good footy this week. Um, Western Sydney sort of they showed a bit of promise against the Marlins, but the score was just a bit far too good last week. They just got a monster pack. You know, seeing the size of that pack, mate, it's just oh, absolutely enormous. The, the, one the number pack. eight, the number eight um, for, for the two Blues, uh, the the big fella. Um, uh, it'll come to me in a second. He is. An absolute weapon, that guy. Um, he is uh, Malika, I think. Maliko, that's his name. Mm. Um, he is an absolute weapon, Emmanuel Maliko. So look out for him. Also interesting to see down in the lower grades, a, a, a former Wallaby of T. Plotter now running around in fourth grade. Um, that's not fair. That's not I, fair. I wonder how long it'll be before. Mate, I've played fourth grade. That is the last thing you want, you know, at 10, <laughs> 10.30 in the morning. It's just, mate, come on, Tough. You just put yourself yeah. in two, twos at least. To, uh, to Taft's credit, and uh, I saw a nice little post during the week as well, uh, that he stuck around and ran on the line in the the, the last game of the game, the day the the ladies game um, the women's game so at five thirty at Chatswood on the weekend so that's you know what what a good bloke you know he's a true club man uh, and good to see him putting in uh, at the back end of his career for sure. The last two games of the round, um, Hunter at home again against the students. So you're going to be looking forward to that trip and Hunter will be looking forward to that challenge. And last game of the round, Penrith and Southern Districts where you're going. Uh, you've caught a little bit of South um, this year. They looked impressive round one against the Woodies. They obviously had a buyer last week, but Loudon, another coach that uh, you think will be pushing his side into the, uh, you know, in, into the right direction. Yeah, oh, oh, Todd Loudon's such a shrewd operator, isn't he? He uh, he really knows how to get the best out of the, a group that he's got. We've seen that at you know a, a few different clubs, but probably the the best I saw 
uh, Todd Loudon get out of a side was was West Harbour. He he just had a um, you know a really exciting team that could sort of they were rocks or diamonds, but when they were diamonds, they were real real good ones, weren't they? So um, I, I and Souths um, yeah look this year they've still got a, a, a couple of um, you know players that have been around there for a, a few a few years. Tim Metcher in the front row. You've got Carboni at eight. Um, Kagiasis. Carboni's out, unfortunately. The bugger, he injured himself the first week, but he's, oh, he's gone for the year. Bugger. Yeah, yeah. Gornski. Um, that's a that's a big out. But Jake Douglas is there at lock. Um, he's he's a guy who has been around the club for a long time. Um, so yeah, look, they've got they've got guys uh, through that team who are south through and through. Um, and look, that to get the to get the start that, that they got against uh, against the Woodies. Um, that's that's a, certainly a a great, a great way to start your year, and and they'll go to Penrith with the win in their sails. You'd think. Yeah, I think so, mate. Well, you'll be there to capture the action, so you can give us a report on that one next week. Um, I hope you enjoy that trip out there. Thanks for uh, for joining the show uh, tonight, and mate, what's on this week? You got the Fox podcast uh, dropping at some stage. Yeah, got the uh, Fox Rugby podcast. I'll be having a chat with um, with Phil Kearns and Cameron Orr from the Melbourne Rebels, who's a, who's a former West Harbour Pirate as well. So that game, uh, the Rebels are playing against the Western Force at Leichhardt Oval on Friday night, which I'll also be calling um, this week. So busy back end of the week, Burjo. I've got a fair bit on, but... Um, It'll uh it'll be good um, yeah so chatting to Cameron Orr on the Fox Rugby podcast then calling the game Friday night and then Emu Burgers on Saturday. Beautiful mate, thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule. Catch you at the rugby. Always a pleasure, mate. Thank you.